My name is Tanya Nelson, and today we're going to take a deep dive into my book, Inscape, Dare to Know Yourself. I'm really excited because today I have on Tayan Nelson, my daughter, and she was a huge inspiration in this book and uh, the creation of this book and the process of this book. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you and be able to take it chapter by chapter and really dive a little deeper into what this book really is about. Yeah, I'm excited because I think that um, a lot of it is left to reader interpretation as far as um, what and where the Inscape actually is. And um, that's kind of the journey that the book takes you on. And so I think that being able to kind of add a lot of clarity to that is going to be valuable to some readers that need some extra structure to the reading experience. I love that. And it's so true because the Inscape is such a personal journey. And so it was challenging to write this book and be able to leave space for that personal journey. And uh, this book was actually inspired by your own personal Inscape in so many ways. So I'm really excited to share with the readers a little bit about your personal Inscape and what what that really means uh, within yourself the feeling of that and the creation of what that means to actually create your inscape or or how that was how that was received for you and so um it's a little bit personal i get that and and that's that's the beauty of having you on because we get to share that with you so thank you for that um I want to start with the meditation because obviously the book starts with the meditation and I I wanted those meditations to be intertwined and weaved throughout the book because meditation was just such a huge part of discovering this uh, this place within yourself this place within ourselves and what I love about this this meditation is it really uh, depicts the journey of of discovering who we are. And that's that's what the first chapter is about. It's about being able to ask, being brave enough to ask the question, who am I? And I find it fascinating how many of us are asking this question, but maybe not even conscious that we're asking the question. Um, so the, the meditation itself is, is part of the process of getting to know ourselves and Everything is is fairly symbolic when we're in a meditation and discovering these places and this journey within your inscape. Um, tell us a little bit about what what the beginning part of this this meditation meant to you as you started to journey and be brave enough to start to look at what the symbolism was in what came up for you in your meditations and and what that what that journey was like yeah well i mean it's funny because the word inscape as we were kind of researching for this book and structuring the concept actually means inner landscape as an inner world and so it's a very um much a construction process of what this world is going to look like and through that process you create somewhat of an arena to um, ask these really big questions in who am I is one of the biggest questions that we can ask as, you know, as we talk about in the book. And for me, creating the space and the playground, the sandbox to be able to explore that question was pretty essential. And I think a lot of people, meditation is something that can be interpreted in a lot of different ways and in a lot of different 
cultures and through a lot of different um, sources. Um, and I think personally, one of the most productive ways to meditate is the exploration of the self and to interrogate one's own one's own sense of being for answers rather than leveraging outside sources and dare to know yourself, which is the, you know, part of the title of the book. Um, a part of it comes from an essay that was written in the 18th century, I believe, um, called What is Enlightenment? And the conclusion to that essay, to sum it up, was that to be enlightened is to dare to know for yourself, as in not to leverage other people's opinions or thoughts or any institution or anything and being able to really tap into oneself and to know things from that place and to come from that place and things and it's a very scary thing in a lot of ways I think it's one of the biggest expressions of faith that we can have in ourselves in the universe and whatever you want to call that um and so the opening of this book is a lot about testifying to that idea of faith in that journey and in that arena. And it starts off on a very stormy beach because personally that's always been an imagery that I've leveraged for that sort of thing. Um, the idea of stirring, the idea of movement and the mystery of veiled things, like all of those sort of symbols pull in on a stormy beach for me. And, and I so. love, sorry to interrupt you, but I want to, I want to really address that because that's a really big part of what the meditations do is you're starting to describe the feeling of what it feels like to ask the question, who am I? Right. And we've all been raised and in society and in culture and in our families to believe certain things about ourselves, right? And we we think that we might know the answer with our head. And from my experience, that's that's not really asking the question. And so to your point, what that imagery is doing is actually triggering to your words, which I love, I love the words, it's that stirring, right? It's that movement. And without feeling that, we're probably only asking something with our head. And we're not really actually changing the or stirring up the energy to to embody it. Yeah. And there's a big difference, wouldn't you say? There is. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of the main, which you could you bring up a good point, the idea that um, our heads are wired narratively, and we want to we want story, we want images, we want to pull these things in um, from the outside world to help us make sense of the inner world. And that's kind of the idea of having this inner landscape that um, is sort of that arena. And it's because it does provide imagery and narrative for the head to rely on while, you know, everything else gets to be able to come through that. And without having that kind of structure, um, for the head to follow, it's easy to get really lost in that. And and so the inscape and the idea of constructing this landscape um, in this opening scene especially was to give give the mind a way to understand it, understand what's already underneath. And it's a lot of uncovering, and we do that through the construction process. Yeah, so true. And I love how, how you talked about there's so many different ideas about meditations and um, different cultures and different um, intentions and, and um, I would even say different expectations that people have on themselves when they look at, at, at practicing meditation. The greatest thing about this that um, I've found for myself and the tool of this type of meditation of giving our uh, 
giving our brains and our head uh, a place to focus, giving giving it something to do is is a it could be a little different than what some people might think because some people think that getting to that nothingness, getting to that that blank canvas is the goal. And although that is a beautiful goal and and an accomplishment in mm-hmm. itself, this is a completely different way of allowing for creation and allowing for that feeling. And really, it's about lining up. Uh, like like we talked about it's about lining up that inscape that feeling because that's what the inscape is it's that that vast universe inside of us that has all potential energy right and so it's how much energy in turn our head thinks of it and and the way that we're framing this is is like a landscape so so i could i could say that if we could feel the universe inside of us we would realize uh what we were capable of, right? And what we're connected to. And so it brings us to the question of um, who are we and and what are we connected to and how much of this inner landscape can we receive? If it's, if it's very small and very limited, then um, we know that, that that's just part of the process of expanding, right? As, as it gets bigger, and that's what this, this book does, I think, so well, is as we move through, again, what was inspired by your Inscape, we realize that the journey of expanding ourselves and expanding this, this th- there's different places, right? There's different places. There's people as we go along this journey that we meet that are all representations of yourself. Mm-hmm. And as we as we go along and as we start to navigate this, it'll be fun to really dive into that because everything that comes into our uh, inscape or our imagination, um, every character, every place, every door, every pathway is all a representation of our inscape of ourselves. And mm-hmm. so so as we move into that, um, well, well, before we do that, as far as the meditation goes, that first part of that, it's that stirring beach for you. Um, what else can you tell us about that meditation before we move on? I just want to make sure we don't skip anything because it is a really powerful scene. And on some level, it could feel, it could bring up a little bit of fear for some people. Wouldn't you say? I would definitely say. Yeah. That was, I think that would be, I mean, not the entire intention, but it is. it does go along with um, trying to communicate the gravity of what's going to lie ahead in the story and, and in this narrative um, that is really represent, representative of um, a, a really universal journey of coming to know oneself and coming to leverage that part of yourself as, as um, you know, a singular source of truth. But personally, I think it does translate to the kind of the beginnings of where um, in meditation for me, because like you're saying, uh, there is that idea of getting to a blankness as a really powerful form of meditation. And I think that that gives you different results. Um, And we talk about that a little bit in the book, this idea of the observer versus the witness. Mm -hmm. And um, observing is a really common practice in in any kind of mindfulness, in any kind of um, Eastern religion. Um, and the idea of pulling from uh, getting to the space of observation in order to allow other things to come in is really important. And I think that having a foundation in that kind of meditation is really important going into this um, this book and this different kind of practice because you do have to know how to tap into this space in order to create from it. 
And so this is kind of, I wouldn't say it's a foundational text on meditation, but it is, it does, as you're saying, expand on the idea of this ground level. I've reached an essence of who I am and now what? And it's about kind of bearing witness to what comes through and using that to create and pulling from that and creating this space. And so the intro for me talks a lot about um, this, this sense of knowing and the sense of being that there is. It's not, there is a sense of fear, I think, for someone that was coming into it. But the, within the narrative, it's, a, it's translated as this idea of knowing, this idea of something does lie ahead and it's necessary and important and there's there's a surrender to it i think to the to i mean nature is used a lot as a symbolism in this the idea of waves and storm and all those things when you when you translate those to feeling it's it is you know everyone can kind of sense sense that yeah and hopefully it's communicated well in the book but um on an imagery level, that's how it translates. And so I think that's kind of how they all go. But in this intro, it's really about that beginning and coming from that place of knowing as a start. Um, you make it that translates. Well. I think you make a really great point there. And that is that as we, as we start the process of, um, of not identifying ourselves with the the conscious mind, the ego, right? The, the, the beliefs and the ideas of all the things that we've been programmed with, there is a practice that, that could come before this. And that is the practice of being comfortable in a space that, um, that allows for receiving more information Mm -hmm. that allows for that, uh, that, possible nothingness which is that attachment to all the things that we think we know right it, it would be it would be a different process if we were just regurgitating information that we already knew because then we're not really asking we think we already know and and that curiosity is such a big part of this so so to your point I think that that if that that fear that comes up very well um could be that space of of being able to realize that there is something more, there is a knowing and discovering that and being able to receive that and feeling it, I think is the most important part about that, right? Because it's, it's not really the same process when we know something that we've been programmed with our head versus really going in and actually having the energy and the alignment of that. So I think, I think you make a really good point there. There is a knowing by the time you get to this book, um, maybe possibly there is a knowing that that is already happening and i think that that takes us right into chapter 1 really well for me i think what happened for me that is that happens to so many of my clients to so many people i know i i dare say happens to everybody at some point in their life if not ongoing and that is that we we've been taught through our parents through society through religion no matter what we've been taught through something that here is the blueprint to your life right here's here's the step by step way to discover who you are right and um for me i think what happened was as i like like most people i followed that blueprint um up until a point in my life where I realized that knowing who I was never felt farther from myself, even after I had checked every box. And there was this moment, and and I talk about it in the book, there was this moment where um, 
there was something bigger than me asking a question, right? Because when I really look at myself, if I go back and I look at my myself and, and my thoughts around the time and space that I was in, um, I was I was in a lot of lack and a lot of fear and a lot of um, uh, separateness and frustration. And, and there was there was obviously this human side of me that was was not getting what I wanted. Right. I felt like there was just so much missing from my life. Um, but as I go back, I also realized that there was this other part of me that um I like to call my higher self, my spirit self, this, 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 this sense of, of knowing, like we talked about, that was asking a far bigger question. And at the time, I don't think I realized consciously, um, what I was embarking on, you know, and that's kind of the, the, I laugh because, you know, would we ask the question again, if we knew what it was really going to trigger and, and, um, I'd like to say yes, that I would I would ask the question again. But again, as I was asking this question, I realized it was it was a part of myself that I didn't realize was there, but it was a knowing that I was ready to discover. And mm-hmm. I remember at the time, as I had been taught to ask in prayer, and that was that was what I had been taught. The communication with with God and the universe and myself was always going to come through this form of prayer. And um the the prayers that I had been taught were extremely scripted and they they like everything else in my life it was like hey follow this script follow this pathway and um, check off each one of these these boxes and then you will know or then you'll be able to talk to God or, or whatever that was and at the time I remember um, it was probably the first time I was aware that my prayer had my prayer had changed even you know that I was I was feeling something and I was asking something um, far more than I was just taught to ask. And so um, as we go through chapter one, I think it's important to realize that I believe everybody has the opportunity, whether it's consciously or not, um, to ask. Well, I, I, I'd like to say that we all have the opportunity to experience this consciously, especially with a tool like this and this conversation. So if you're listening, I think it's a really good opportunity to, to realize that you're ready to ask something consciously. Um, and for me, um, I believe that everybody's asking this subconsciously and, and this higher version of ourself is always asking this deepest question. And to your point, when it comes to um, enlightenment, there is, again, daring to know for yourself is completely different than, um, than just regurgitating that that roadmap and the, those boxes and all the things that we think we know is completely different than actually asking. And what what was your experience as 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 you started to go along this journey, the stirring and asking the question of who you were? You have a pretty unique story yourself. So for me, you know, I had checked all the boxes. I had been married. Um, I had kids. I had a successful career. I um. I, I felt like I had like mastered the labels of my life, right? Like I felt like I um, I was a good mom. I was, a, I was, you know, the perfect wife, the perfect, you know, in my religion, in my job. I felt like I had really mastered all the things that, uh, that I had been taught to master. Um, 
mastering is kind of a funny word because I had been taught to do it a certain way and found out that wasn't entirely true either. But for me, that that's kind of when I asked the question or I knew that I had to ask the question. And and I kind of, you know, I love your story. I'd love for you to share a little bit your, with your journey because you asked the question at a far you know, earlier stage in your life. Um, I waited till, you know, I'd been married 20 years and, and I'd had the kids and I checked all the boxes, but you started asking really early. So how, how was that process for you? I think it'd be fun to share that. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think a lot of the, um, who am I part of it was, came from a pretty instinctual place as I think it does for everybody. Um, I think a lot of people are raised in environments where that sort of instinct is categorized as the very typical, you know, juvenile way of trying to discover who you are. But I think the instinct to ask that question kicks in really early. And a lot of times it's sort of brushed over as a very trivial part of life or even if it's not the, the gravity to discovering that and the... Um, spiritual and uh, very spiritual, I guess, connection to that question is is something that's really important. I think I was raised maybe differently than most in that a, a lot of emphasis was placed on that and on this idea of a spiritual journey and a spiritual knowing. And I found a lot of love and um, a lot of guidance in stories. And I was a big reader growing up and I think I sort of understood the concept of having a space to ask questions because of that, because I think that's what um, stories do for all of us, even like very, very, take it to the very classic fairy tales and, you know, anything beyond there. It's sort of um, being a really avid reader as a kid made it so that stories became sort of that arena in which I would ask questions because you're asking yourself what you would do in these characters' positions. I mean, it's a very like, um, typical way that everybody ends up, I think, coming into this. But um, for me, it was in a lot of um, direct fiction and stories. And so that gives you just a lot of room to explore that kind of thing. Um, and whatever medium people find it in, I think it comes. But for me, that's a lot where it came in. And so I really instinctually understood this idea of getting into a space within yourself in order to interrogate these things and in order to define sort of the person you want to be in the um, asking some of those big questions and I was really um, excited and really invested in that process in figuring out who I was and discovering kind of my own ethics and morals and all those things within the space and so I think kind of through engaging a lot with my imagination being young that just all came really instinctually and from there it was a lot about the sky's the limit because once you really manage to tap into that space and know how to pull from it at any point, there's very little that you need from outside sources, which which expands a lot of paths, which makes a lot of things more possible, more available. And I think that happened for me really young. And as a result, the one thing I, I really wanted to do is I loved school. That was a big thing for me not so much like the social aspects of school but I really loved studying and learning and I was really curious and cultivating that was something I really loved and wanted to continue doing and so I graduated from high school early and started my higher education early because that was something that was important to me and, and the possibility didn't feel so much out of reach because it was just a path that was 
pretty that one of many that was open because of this sort of space that I knew how to pull from. Mm -hmm. And so as far as answering the question, I think it's fairly ongoing, but the, and I think that's kind of what the first meditation and chapter symbolized for me personally is that while it is an ongoing process, there is always this return to this space of knowing. And that's kind of the foundation we try and lay at the beginning of the book. And it's not something everybody has um, consciously, I think, upon at any point in their life upon starting reading. But it is something that exists for everybody and something that they can find and leverage. And I think that's what kind of these first introductory chapters try and not so much inform, but remind people of. Um, nice to to get back to the space and then from there it's an expanding process of what that journey looks like but the point of the beginning and and um the beginning meditation the beginning chapter and the setup of this narrative is to remind of that space and to get people back there um i think that's very much what the journey was like for me i love the point that that i think is so valuable in in your mirror and your reflection here is that um Yes, you were an avid reader and storytelling um, became part of that experience for you in a way that maybe doesn't happen for everyone quite the same. Obviously, everyone's journeys um, can look a little differently. But I think the part that's really valuable is that, to your point, it is fairly instinctual at uh when we've when we've been allowed you know as kids I think we feel like we're given a little bit more permission sometimes to explore that right you think about all the adults around you at times that said what do you want to be and what do you want to be when you grow up or you know those kind of things we we don't really keep asking that question once you pick something it's almost like that discovery process is over and so it's mm -hmm. like well I already know who I am or I should know who I am by a certain age and so to your point I think that um I think that return back to that uh that feeling and that freedom to continue to ask that question is a big part of it um I think that I think that our brains and our programming really start to take over once we once we feel like we've made that choice like we only have a certain amount of time to ask that question and that's probably one of the biggest lies we've been told is that that once you once you pick a profession or a career or a pathway or a relationship or um you know different habits anything in our life like once we've made the choice then there's this feeling of now now we're stuck in it you know, and I think a lot of people I've noticed that like with a lot of my clients that 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 feeling of of I'm trapped, that feeling of I've put myself in a box, that feeling of um, of judgment and fear that go along with that box is is part of the process of going back and returning to that space of being able to say, wait a minute, if I have this uh if I have this inscape, if I have this landscape inside of me and I've only built out a certain part of it, um, is that it? Right. And is this is this all that there is? And and being able to constantly return back to that like books did for you, which was expanded your pathways and your options and your uh, possibilities. Perspective. Perspective. Really. Yeah. I love that. Um, 
and so I just I think I think you make a really good point that I think what happens a lot is is we think that time and space is over at some point. And I love to to explore the fact that it's never over. And um that doesn't mean that relationships and job changes and all those things have to have to change necessarily, but that feeling of freedom and choosing and and exploring the possibilities in our world, not feeling limited, not feeling like you're put in a box and constantly being a, being curious to receiving more um, is part of that process. So um, so I love I love your perspective there. I love that that um, that return back to really where we've all been at some point in our life is ongoing and it's never gone. Yeah. The interesting thing I think that the book lays the foundation for um, is that a good way to constantly be able to find that return because um, that can be really difficult, especially the farther out we get from it. Yeah. Um, imagery is a big thing that you can leverage for that and, and because imagery is just a form of narrative and that's something our, our minds will latch on to well and associate all the um, accurate feelings and everything associated with that return. And so while in the book it's a beach and it's this city and it's this journey that's not the imagery that it's going to be for everybody and realizing that this is just a template in the sense that this this is the feeling that you're going to want to find and whatever imagery conjures that for you whatever um whatever atmosphere whatever landscape um that's what you should create and figure out how to um, solidify to a certain extent because that gives you a very it gives you a destination to return to it's just that a lot of meditative practices miss the the actual how and it's difficult to define the how because there isn't really one um, and anybody that says that there's a way to create it and gives you any kind of step-by-step -step is probably lying to you because there's not really any kind of form formula to creating an inner world because yours already exists and being able to identify specific imagery and metaphorical language whatever it is that brings you to that spot tied to your own inner world inner landscape and essence of being is the only way that's sustainable because you can take anyone else's blueprint and go off of that but the, it's not going to be the foundation and thus it won't come from that space of knowing and so that's something I think we try and articulate in the first, you know, foundational parts of the book is that finding that and operating off of that space and proceeding on the journey from there is the best way to get the best results. Because otherwise you're stuck in sort of the cycle of constantly looking for this foundation, this, you know, this sense of safety and being um, in a million other different places and finding the one that already exists within your own inscape, whether or not you're familiar with the imagery or not, and you need to to get familiar with it. That's a process as well. But finding it is, I think, the, the only way to articulate a how to this process. Such a good point. And I think that you make the point of um, allowing individuals to, uh, to let that space unfold without... Uh, forcing something or or just like in life and I just it's so anything we can see on the outside is always going to be a reflection of what's going on in the inside and so to your point if you can uh, discover that landscape that is already inside of you that the the imagery will um, 
it may shift a little bit or just keep expanding, but allowing that place to almost find you is part of that process. And so, um, just saying, oh, I want to be on a beach because that's what I read in the book. It doesn't, it doesn't really quite work that way. And, um, I think that to your point, even when you're meditating and you find yourself in different landscapes and different places, um, it's still that feeling of, it, it could bring that feeling of searching for something that is yours, right? And so I just, I think that's a really good point to make that um, that once that sense of home, right? Once that sense of this is, this is, this is my landscape. This is, this is for me. That's that sacred place within us um, starts to present itself and, uh, everything just expands from there. But that searching around feeling very well could mirror the the very searching that we do in life as well. And so that that grounded sense of this is this is my space in the world um, inside of me and outside of me is is that return home. And the more we can uh, go back to that place, there's there's just that foundation of of safety that goes along with that that um and sacredness that that is yours and that sense of belonging that I think all of us are really looking for and there's a feeling that goes along with that so um to your point it's it's something that is already there and it's a matter of remembering that it's there letting it present itself is a big part of that process yep for sure which i think then just leads perfectly into the first chapter actually or expands upon that which is just then the interrogation and when the searching comes from that place it feels very similar to I think what's described in the first chapter which is the idea that to dare to know yourself is the greatest journey we'll go on and um, I think the first chapter really beautifully articulates the the I mean, your beginning, but a very universal feeling associated with the beginning of that journey. And it comes with, I think, asking, um, questioning the foundation of who we are, which is um, easily translated as the question of who am I? And that's kind of what's explored um, in the book. Yeah. So for me, in, in my inscape, I remember, um, I remember practicing meditation at first, and it was just a matter of... Um, I remember one time I was in a yoga class and, and people who've done yoga know that this is, that yoga is a process of being one with yourself. And, and it's not about paying attention to everybody that's in the room and, and all the things that, that, that getting quiet inside of yourself. Yoga is a great place to actually start even this process. And for me, as I was in, in this room, it was a, it was a hot yoga class. And I remember, um, I remember that the the intention was to be one with me and the mirror and and really go inward and I remember I um I was so frustrated and so separated from um from that and I was I was far out I was far out of myself there was there was this 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 whole experience of I was watching everybody else in the class and my head was super loud and my to-do to-do list was really loud and and this this concept of getting quiet within myself um felt like miles away I I I didn't even comprehend what that would look and feel like. And it set me on the journey of just asking one simple question and that was 
what would it be like to get quiet? What would it be like to return to myself? What what would that even feel like? And I had no idea at the time. And I think what ended up happening is, is for me, um, it became about just getting my mind to feel safe enough to, to get quiet. And the more that it got quiet, the softer that it is, the more space that I started to feel in just being able to breathe was, was part of that journey for me. And so as I started to focus on the breath, as I started to, to really sense that there was this space within me that wasn't all outside of me. Um, for me, it, it showed up as a cabin in the forest and, um, it was fairly small at the time. And, and as I, as I realized that through the years, this, this place became my sanctuary. It became somewhere that I visited often. And the greatest thing about this journey for me, as I started to discover my landscape, was it was a place that I could go to where I could have, I could ask any question. I could have any conversation with anybody that, that I wanted to, um, this life or, or, or it's somebody who's even transcended this life, somebody who's, who's already not here physically. Like I've had so many different conversations and questions answered. And, um, this became a very, um, sacred place for me. And I realized now at the time, at the time I was really searching for that. I was really for searching for this sense of belonging in this safe place that um, that always felt like home for me. And once I discovered that, I realized this was the space that I could continue to expand and create from. For you, it was a little bit different because um, it felt like uh, yours was more of a quest, right? You you didn't um, you started to really expand the actual uh, journey of discovering a little bit differently. So that's why I love that we use your inscape in this because um, again, neither wrong or right, but for the purposes of the book, uh, your movement to your point, the how of of creating your world, the how of creating your inscape and really allowing for that energy to stir and to move you is a little bit different than um, than than mine, where mine was really about finding this sense of home and stability and safety and belonging. And and at the time, that was just what I needed. But for you, it was kind of a, a different sensation for you. Yeah. Would you agree? I would agree. I think it comes down to, I mean, different things make different people feel safe. Yeah, and good point. for some people, um, that is a more sanctuary type feeling. That's probably a really common thing. Um, I think for me at the time of developing a lot of this, um, knowing things, knowledge felt like safety. And so the quest for that felt like um, a safe space to create from. And I think it just kind of comes down down to that, um, which really takes us right up to the end of this chapter, which is that from this space, you then can trust in the rest of the journey. And as long as we can set up this foundation of return, of knowing, of this feeling, which I think is really, really evident in these first couple, you know, first 15 pages of the book, um, that feeling is really laced throughout the story. And if you can identify that for yourself and then move from that, I think that's kind of what the book 
ends up detailing as we move into further chapters. Yeah, I totally agree. Thank you so much for sharing with us and again, allowing me to use your InScape and um, being able to go along this whole process and being able to articulate this. I think this um, being able to go chapter by chapter with everyone is going to be so fun and beneficial. Oh yeah, for sure. It's going to be great to be able to kind of dive into the, because I think there's so much happening behind the page on these in this book and good and that's kind of um it's it's really important for people that are reading to be able to interact directly with the content and so hopefully we're going to be able to provide um space to do that i totally agree